What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Meet Your Host episode of the LIFE podcast, which stands for Learn Informal Education. Uh, I just thought I would film a, you know, a podcast episode of your host. You guys don't know who I am. You guys don't know my story, my background. So I thought I would kind of tell you guys who I am, where I come from, and why I am creating this podcast in general. So let's kick things off. So, you know, I'm 24 years old. I live out here in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm originally born and raised in Denver, Colorado. I moved out to Arizona when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, I've kind of always had the entrepreneurial mindset as a, you know, as a teenager. Well, I would say, yeah, as a teenager, I had 12, 13 years old. I had my own lawn mowing company. I would, it wasn't really a full on company, but my dad would kind of chauffeur me around. I would, you know, cut grass. I would also around the neighborhood. I had some people's grass I would cut. And since we lived in Denver, it was always snowing and there was blizzards, bad weather. So I would also take out my shovel and go shovel people's, you know, their driveways, their sidewalks, things like that. So that's kind of. How I grew up, my parents always said if I wanted to go to college, that it, I was on me to figure out how to pay for it. They told all three of us that. So let me rewind a little bit. Moving to Arizona my sophomore year of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do coming out of out of high school. All I know is you had to go to college to get a good job. So I, being that I didn't have excellent grades. I ended up joining the military known as the National Guard. So that was just a one weekend a month, um, two weeks out of the summer. That allows them to pay for college full time and it was a very small commitment out of me. And that was going to be able to pay for my college and I wouldn't have to pay out of pocket for it. So out of high school I joined that. I went directly to boot camp and basic training. When I you know, it was a total of 18 weeks, nine weeks of basic training, nine weeks of schooling for my job. I went in there to become a human resource specialist. I figured when I get out of the military, this would be a good job to put on my resume. Every company has HR. As I'm going to school, I'm working full time. Uh, I'm working at a bank, actually. I was at working at Chase Bank, then I went to Discover. But I was working at a bank full time while going to college. And as I was going to college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. All I knew was that originally I wanted to be an architect until I found out how much schooling I needed. I didn't know if that was kind of the path I wanted to take. But as I was going to college, I was able to pick up orders. And basically what that means is, so working at Discover and Chase Bank, I was making minimum wage, a little bit over minimum wage at that time. I think it was 13 bucks, 13 bucks an hour, something like that. And I was able to go on orders with my job, basically be full-time active duty, doing active duty work stuff, some active duty, you know, HR, computer boring stuff. But I didn't realize how much of a pay bump it was. So making $13 an hour, I ended up making, and this was at 19 years old, 
I was making $3,700 a month when I went on active duty. So like, oh, wow, this is a pretty good gig, pretty easy, pretty chill, and making good money. I knew people that were going to college, and their job out of coming out of college, they were going to make a little bit less than what I was making. So that's when I did a little bit more research, and I found out what AGR was. Now, AGR is the Army's hidden secret. They, it's, it's called um, Active Guard Reserve. That's what it stands for. And basically, that was weekend soldier, like how I was, one weekend out of month and two weeks out of the summer. They need a full-time staff. And that's what AGR is. They're their full-time staff. And the reason why they call it the Army Sitting Secret is because you are active duty, but you never have to leave the state. So I never have to leave Arizona. So when I found out about that, I did some more research. And there's a couple jobs that opened up. It's a very competitive, very competitive job to apply for. I applied for two. I didn't get one, and I got the other one. And I was 20 years old when I got when I got the, the job. So now I was making this $3,600 every month. Um, now it was permanent. It wasn't just a temporary temporary job. So when I, literally a month when I, a month into when I got the job, I had to go, I got a call from my mom. I had to go help uh, our land, our ex-landlord. He ended up selling my parents the house, but my ex-landlord, our ex-landlord, I had to go help him fix a light bulb, I think it was, in one of the houses he was getting ready to sell. And as I was talking to him, he noticed I was in uniform. He noticed my job. He's asking me a little bit more a little bit more questions like how much I make, if it was pretty good income, what I do, things like that. And that's when he told me, hey, you should buy this house for me. So, you know, I decided to... You know, I thought it was a good idea. My parents have bought a house. They've always had their own home. So I'm like, perfect. I make the money now. Why not buy it? So I decided to buy the home. Um, I had no idea kind of what to do, but I just spoke with the lender. I found a found a lender my parents used, and they were able to get me first-time buyer grants. So it covered my full down payment, and all I had to do was pay $500 for my appraisal. So I did it. I paid 500 bucks for my appraisal and boom I, I bought the house he he gave it to me for 170 and at the time the house was valued at about 190 he gave me a discount because we didn't have to hire a realtor so when I purchased the home you know I, I was pretty stoked at the time I had a girlfriend so I thought it would be perfect you know kind of getting into the next chapter of my life and I went bought furniture things like that, and when I decided to buy all the furniture, put it all in, and I kid you not, two weeks into living into the property, I called my mom, and I wanted to come back home because it was boring living by yourself. I just I just didn't like it. I don't think I was ready. So I sold all my furniture, moved back in with my parents, and then I had called the ex-landlord. His name is Robert, by the way. So I called Robert, and I asked him, what do I do? And he said, just, just rent it. So I didn't really know, didn't do a lot of market research on on renting or what rental rates go for in the area. All Robert told me to do was make sure that the rent covers the mortgage or at least close to the mortgage. Reason why is because that means somebody else is buying a house for you. That's the way he explained it. So I said, okay, so I the mortgage at the time was $1,100 after HOA. I think it came up to like 1150 every month. I ended up getting, I 
put a for rent sign in the front of the house and I got renters within two hours for $1,200 a month. So I probably shot a little low, but I, I, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. So I got the renters in there and they were paying my mortgage every month. I didn't have to come up with any 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 expense out of pocket every month. So it was great. Um, it kind of was just a chill investment. Six months later, Robert calls me again, says that he says he has another house for me to buy. This time he doesn't give really give me an option. So I walk over, I look at the property, same specs, three bedroom, two bath, great area, and same price point. But the only difference is, he says this time he's not going to fix it up for me as the last one. So from the initial, from six months ago when I buy that property, I'm doing a lot of uh, what's called Forex trading at the time. I was kind of obsessed with it, wanted to learn a little bit more about it. So my entrepreneur side was was going. I ended up paying $10,000 to get professional training, and it's kind of a scam. So as I end that, this is when Robert calls me. This is now the six months later, calls me to buy this home. So I had no idea how to buy the home because... When I went to the bank, they told me I just bought a house six months ago. They're not going to give me another loan. So I let Robert know that information. And uh, when I did, he's like, hey, that's fine. Just bring me $5,000 and I'll take care of the rest. So at the time, I had I sold my car, scraped up $5,000, and I, and I told him I had the money. He told me, perfect, let's meet at the title company. So I met him at the title company. I gave him $5,000 and... This is when I first discovered what's called seller financing. So he basically is my bank. So I gave him $5,000. He carried the loan for me at a certain interest rate. And I was making my monthly payments to him. And it worked out great because all I did was I did the same exact thing that he told me to do. He told me, whatever the payment is, find a renter to pay the mortgage and so that way you don't have to come out with any expenses out of your pocket or at least close to it where you're only paying maybe a little bit well i decided to take a gamble and my mortgage at the time same numbers i think was eleven hundred dollars i took a gamble and i decided to rent it for thirteen hundred dollars and sure enough i got a renter in right away and when i realized you know i'm making a couple hundred bucks by just having a house. Somebody has to live in it. They have to pay me rent. That's when it kind of stuck with me. So that's when I started doing a lot more research. Um, I started reading books, listening to podcasts. Um, I'm sure you guys all know the Bigger Pockets podcast. So I started listening to that, you know, doing a lot more more research. And that's when I decided to buy my first true investment and I was driving about an hour away from work so I decided to buy a condo in an area called Old Town Scottsdale here in Arizona it was five minutes away from my work I decided to buy that condo because I it was five minutes away from work so my plan was I was gonna buy it fix it up a little bit and you know live close to work it was going to be a good investment because it was a good good location. It needed a little remodel, so I would build some equity into it. So same, I 
purchased the property for $172,000. I put $10,000 down. It took a two-month two remodel and, and to furnish it all up, uh, me and my dad. And during that remodel, I had to pay two months mortgage. When I paid those two months mortgage, I realized this sucks having to pay a mortgage. It's kind of a lot of money. It was taking about a third of my income. And I had a car payment, so that was easily uh, half half of my income. And I was doing some more research on how to have a house but without having to pay a mortgage. And that's when I discovered house hacking. And for those of you that don't know what house hacking is, it's basically where you buy a property, you live in a portion, a portion of the property, you rent out the other portions, and that covers your mortgage. So when doing that, when discovering house hacking, I read a book called Set for Life by Scott Trench and that just changed my entire you know my entire perspective on this whole real estate investing thing and I realized it's real. So I decided to and in that well let me let me rewind a little bit. In the book he talks about the two most um exp- the two biggest expenses in life and that's number 1 housing and number 2 transportation. And he was completely right. So what I did was I wanted to eliminate both of those. Because if you eliminate both of those, he said, you would automatically have a 50% savings rate. So I decided to sell my car. And I decided to live in the condo during the week. And then during the weekends, I would Airbnb the property. And on the weekends, I would just come back and live with my parents. So I sold my car. And... When I listed the property up on Airbnb for the weekends, that was covering the mortgage completely. And I thought, oh, wow, this is great. I'm able to have a, pro- a place and it's pretty much for free. So I'm saving 50% of my income now. But what I decided to do was, hey, if I'm making this much money, let me just Airbnb the property full time and then... I will live with my parents again. So I decided to do that. And when I decided to do that, I ended up making about three, three to $3,500 a month. And my mortgage was only $1,000. After HOA expenses, I think it came out to $1,200 a month. So I was making a significant amount of money. But the HOA was, they're kind of getting a little bit more strict on the Airbnbs in the little condos. So I decided to, Flipped the property to a buddy of mine. I made $30,000 in eight months. And now I had no house to live in and, you know, mortgage free. So I started doing some more research and I was looking to buy a two to four unit property and live in one of the units and rent out the others. But here in Arizona, the prices were just, you know, they're skyrocketing. I couldn't afford anything. I couldn't get approved for anything. So I ended up finding a house with the guest house. Um, that's currently where I live today. I purchased this property for $300,000. My mortgage is $1,400. I rent the front house for $1,600 and I live in the guest house for, for free. And now that I'm saving 50% of my income, I'm able, my growth is exponential now. And during this time of growing, I was able to raise my rents from the previous houses that I purchased and Today, I make about $1,200 a month cash flow, and I live for free. So that's a little bit 
you know, that's my story. That's where I'm at today. And, you know, in this entire journey and, you know, learn all my learning experiences that I've been going through, I realized none of everything that I was, that I learned was, I didn't learn any of it from school. I learned it from experiences. I learned it from mentors. And this is why I decided to create the, the life podcast. And that's why I came up with the name Learn Informal Education, because I'm teaching everything on this podcast, what's not taught in school. So, you know, we're going to be learning about taxes, how to save, how to buy a home, how, what's a loan, what, you know, and I'm also going to be teaching careers not taught in, in school. So I know when I was going to school, my counselor was really pushing college. They weren't pushing military or trade schools. And I'm going to be bringing people that are bring, bringing people on the podcast who are killing it in an industry that's not taught in school. You know, true entrepreneurs or that just went to a trade job and now they're killing it. So that's kind of the reason why I'm creating this podcast. The whole purpose of this podcast is to just educate people on things not taught in school. And you don't have to be young to listen to this podcast. You know, the average person doesn't buy their first home until they're 32 years old. So maybe you don't know, maybe you're, you know, a little older and you don't know how to manage your money or you don't know how to build your credit and you want to learn those things. This is just a strictly educational podcast. So if this sounds like something you like or sounds like maybe this can help, you know, maybe maybe you know somebody that's getting ready to graduate high school and this would be beneficial to them, by all means, please share the podcast with them. Feel free to like and subscribe. And if this sounds like something you're interested in, then I will see you again next time for the true first episode of the Life Podcast, also known as Learn Informal Education. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys again next time. So I always knew that I would be in sales in some capacity just because I like people and I like to serve people and help them find solutions to their problems. But you're absolutely right. I didn't need a degree to do what I did. So, and just to add on to what you said, a lot of um, millennial buyers and newer buyers saw their parents go through the, you know, 2007, 2009 era. Uh, saw their parents lose homes and lose everything that they had loved and invested in. And so um, one statistic that I read is just that that scare is what prevents a lot of people from wanting to buy. Um, Actually, ironically, at a class at the hospital, someone was like, oh, you'd be really good in insurance. And so I went and got licensed and went through that whole process. There's two different tests you have to take. and. Went through that process and got licensed for insurance and uh, and then right off the bat I went into a company where uh, I was my own agent and they basically told me hey you're gonna you're gonna go out and you're gonna sell insurance you're gonna pay um, I think it was fifteen dollars for every lead and you'll close one out of every fifty leads and you'll, that's how you're gonna make money in this business I'm like you know at that point I'm probably pushing somewhere around a million dollars in profit um, and was driving you know the same car I drove in high school basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, my first like splurge uh, was like, a, I think it was a $30,000 Jaguar. Um, and it was 
three years ago, maybe. Absolutely. I, I, I coach and talk to lots of people. Uh, as long as you, as long as you have, if, as long as you think you're going to live at the next five more years, real estate investing is awesome. If for whatever reason you have less than five years left, maybe you have a life threatening this or that, or you're, then go, go enjoy life. Yeah. When I go into a property, I just always try and imagine if I, I was staying there with my friends, what would we want? And if I ever do miss something at a property, and of course, sometimes I do, guests will typically text you or message you when they're, you know, like, hey, we're so excited for our trip. Do you guys have a crock pot? And it's yeah. stuff like that where you're like, oh, shoot, I don't think I remembered to buy a crock pot. And then what I do from there is I just hop on Amazon, quickly send myself a crock pot, and now I have a crock pot. <laughs> Years later, um, it's changed my life. I've been able to change my, my family's life uh, where they don't have to worry about making an income. Um, I have my, my little brother has, has become my assistant for me. So it's just, you know, everything has just really paved the way and opened up a lot of other opportunities. I was able to create two companies, one company I have created you know, almost six, seven figures, but I had to get dissolved because I had the wrong people around me. And I realized that in the business world that you can have, you know, can have friendship and business at the same time because the viewpoints um, definitely gets overshadowed and, you know, they start doing a lot of different things that, you know, I couldn't truly stand by or have the character to do, um, do so. Mm -hmm.